What's ahead when it comes to the advancement of secure health data exchange and health IT in 2017? I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Dr. David Kibbe, a physician and president and CEO of Direct Trust, a nonprofit alliance that created and maintains the exchange network used by the healthcare sector for secure, interoperable messaging of protected health information between provider organizations and between provider and patients. Dr. Kibbe will be discussing some of his predictions related to health IT, secure health data exchange, and the healthcare sector cybersecurity trends expected in 2017. So now, Dr. Kibbe, you recently stated that you predict that, quote, security will finally become important to the health IT market in 2017. What do you mean by that? For instance, do you think the healthcare sector has been undervaluing the importance of strong data security till now, and why? Well, what I mean is that I think we will start to do more about the security lapses and the breaches of health information that have been so common and have grown in such number over the last couple of years. It has become a full industry embarrassment the extent to which health information databases containing really significant personal information health information financial information social security numbers and so forth have been able to be hacked and i think that we're in the process now of so-called hardening of the systems that healthcare provider organizations use so dr kibbe based on what you hear and what you see where do you think the healthcare sector most often falls short when it comes to security that puts them at risk for these sorts of cyber attacks that we've been seeing in the last couple of years Well, there's really one glaring area where we can do something very significant that would make it almost impossible for many of these attacks to to be successful, and that is to do what's called multi-factor authentication in healthcare. You're probably familiar with multi-factor authentication because you probably use it when you access your bank accounts or investment accounts. You have a password ID. And then you have another factor besides your password. Usually it's a six-digit number that the bank sends you to your cell phone or to one of your other devices, um, mostly to the cell phone, in order for you to enter that additional uh, factor. So password plus another factor is multi-factor authentication. This is really extremely important in healthcare, and most providers and most healthcare professionals log into their healthcare provider systems at the hospital or the medical practice or the electronic health record system with just a password and an ID. So I think that's one area where we'll see significant change. So now Dr. Kibbe talking about other trends for 2017 and beyond. What do you predict that the short and long-term impact of the Trump administration might be on interoperable secure health data exchange efforts for instance what would be considered good versus bad policies that could promote versus impede progress that we've been seeing in the advancement of secure health data exchange well you know of course when talking about policy in new trump presidency and administration all bets are off we really don't know very much about policy of any kind in the administration of the new president elect However, my sense is is that we're 
already on a trajectory in healthcare where certain uses of health information technology are going to grow and are going to continue to be important. For example, I don't see much change in the emphasis on interoperability. I think that will be an important issue. I think that the uses of health information technology for care coordination, particularly for managing high-risk patients and patient populations, will continue to be an important issue. I think another trend that is likely to progress, regardless of the policy situation in Washington, will be the use of telehealth and telemedicine. So, in fact, it may be that a pause in policymaking for the next year or so might be a good thing for healthcare providers and EHR vendors. Um, there are many of us who feel that meaningful use and now MIPS has moved too quickly, uh, too far, too fast, with not enough time to either evaluate what works and what doesn't work and then move forward, or enough time for the EHR vendor community to respond to the, the needs of the, of the marketplace. Uh, the one thing I will say for sure is that the pressure will be on healthcare provider organizations to manage patient populations more effectively because I think there's going to be less money available in terms of insurance and a payment from all sorts of, of payers that will be particularly sharply felt if the uh, Accountable Care Act is uh, repealed. So now, Dr. Kibbe, what sort of impact do you think the 21st Century Cures Act, which was signed into law late last year, might have on the short-term and long-term progress or use of secure and interoperable health data exchange and why? Well, that's a great question, and I think it's a little complicated. The 21st Century Cures Act, which is signed into law by President Obama on December 13th, has a number of health IT provisions which are potentially significant. In general, I think they expand and extend the policy framework that is already in place. For example, the new bill would require additional measures for interoperability and that those interoperability measures be considered within the framework of MIPS and the uh, certification of electronic health records and health, other health IT. That's a train that left the station, you know, several years ago and could be accelerated or at least the trend could continue over the next uh, couple of years under the provisions of the Cures Act. Another is that there's a very significant penalty for uh, what is now defined statutorily for the first time as information blocking. And I think that that could be uh, used by uh, the new administration and CMS to really accentuate the, their desire to see health information exchange occur more rapidly with greater access, particularly for patients to have available their own information to do what they want with it. The big question mark with respect to the Cures Act, in my mind, is how vigorously Secretary and Dr. Price, who we expect to become the new Secretary for Health and Human Services, to enact and empower the regulatory capability that is inherent in the statute. If it takes a march, so to speak, then we wouldn't feel a whole lot of impact. In some ways, we expect that to happen. Dr. Price is known to be pretty conservative with with respect to uh, regulatory activity of the federal government in general and has been a strong critic, for example, of the Meaningful Use Program and a strong supporter of the AMA's approach towards uh, regulatory oversight. 
So now, Dr. Kibbe, you had mentioned that multi-factor authentication is one area where the healthcare sector really needs to improve. Are there other areas within the healthcare sector that you think there needs to be more attention on security? And why do you think the healthcare sector does tend to lag behind other industries? And with all this uncertainty about, for instance, the Affordable Care Act and new administration taking office, What's your advice to healthcare organizations that don't want to take their eye off the ball with, with security, but they might have some challenges when it comes to resources or knowing what their priorities should be? The healthcare provider organization, large and small, has to think about two major areas of security and privacy controls. Um, one of those, of course, is over their own network, the access to information and to parts of the network that they afford to members of their own organization, their doctors, their nurses, and to some extent their patients. But then they also have to focus more and increasingly on inter-organizational exchanges of health information. And this is where it gets increasingly difficult. The average hospital system might have as many as 400 business associates who access their medical system, their network, or parts of their networks on a regular basis. Um, health information exchange, by just by virtue of its interorganizational net nature, meaning that information is going from one organization to another, um, is a new and different threat for the security protections of a, of a healthcare provider organization. So having said that, there there really are uh, three areas that they need to focus on, and, and they are focusing on them. One I mentioned, which is authentication to the network via multi-factor technology. Another is encryption. We are going to see increasingly not only sessions increased uh, encrypted, but as in direct exchange, the, the content itself being encrypted as it goes over the network. And then, then the third is the, is the broad issue of identity management. How in cyberspace do you know a person or an organization is or are who they say they are? And we are going to see increasing use of tools like public key infrastructure in order to uh, make it possible for parties that are having requests of information made to them to be sure that uh, as a first step in making that, in honoring that request and exchanging that information, that they have a high assurance that the person or party they're dealing with is actually who they say they are. And so those three areas for me, the controls around ID management, security, and authentication are really the, the places where the systems are starting to harden. Dr. Kibbe, finally, last year, Direct Trust was testing secure texting. How is that effort coming along, and what else should we be watching for from Direct Trust in 2017? Well, 2016 was a real banner year for direct interoperability. We had almost 100 million transactions in our network of network involving over 350 electronic health records and 70,000 healthcare organizations. And there are now 1.4 million endpoints in the network of direct. I think we're going to see that continue to grow because in many ways, uh, the direct interoperability solution is replacing fax and mail, uh, particularly fax. Our direct texting protocol is almost finished. Uh, We should see it start going to beta in 2017. It could be very exciting for, for people who have direct addresses to also be able to use those direct addresses to do uh, what is essentially chat, 
secure chat um, using their smartphones other devices. We also, in Direct Trust, are exploring ways in which we can be more active in supporting other types of technologies besides Direct, namely a fire and blockchain. So look for news about Direct Trust's public key infrastructure uh, being made available to parties and groups and trust communities that, that wish to engage in both uh, either fire or a blockchain. Thanks, Dr. Kibbe. I've been speaking to Dr. David Kibbe of Direct Trust. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.